0: everyone, and welcome back
1: to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time.
0: I'm your co-host, Erin. I'm your
1: co-host, James.
0: And it's minute
1: 39, which begins with
0: Amanda saying, because I was, um, scared of being alone. And going on through Preston saying, it's not just some sappy love letter telling her how my heart stops every time I see her. It's in there. (sighs)
1: So so Amanda uh is being very hashtag relatable um uh-huh. I, I I didn't realize how much I related to Amanda in this monologue, but then she start this minute I was like same, same though like yeah, I've definitely not broken up with girlfriends because I was like, well, but then I would I would be broken I would have broken up with them and then and then what right it, it doesn't it doesn't have the um the added context of I, you know, I was there, bo- I was so-and-so's boyfriend and without them, who, who am I? Right. Which would complicate things even further. But like, yeah, scared of being alone. It's a big one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My only note about the rest of this, uh, model. Well, it's not a monologue because Ron does interject, but honestly, Ron doesn't need to be there. So it's basically right. shut a shut monologue. Up, Ron. It's essentially Ron. Amanda's diary entry from that day. Right. Um, the only note that I have about this whole scene is Amanda's hair is so big in this movie. OMG. <laughs> and I know I've mentioned it before, but like yeah. for some reason in this, like her face looks so small and it her really neck does. looks so long and her hair is just so big it's so and big. it doesn't make any sense. Like 1998 was not a particularly large haired time was she... in America.
1: Do you think that was a... It wasn't a wig. There's no way it was a wig, right?
0: No, because her hair is... I think it was just kind of teased and fluffed and sprayed to make her... I don't know. It's weird because nobody else... Is it like party hair? I think so. I think she had... I mean, honestly, it looks like she had tried to make her hair... She had styled her hair for the party. Right. But not in any particular style. Just out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird because I feel like this was a time in fashion and makeup and all where hair tended to be, there was a lot of like stick straight, like flat, super flat ironed, right. Not, not volume yeah. hair. And hers is the opposite of all of that. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it was. It's. It's weird to me that they made that choice. And I don't know how much of it is that I am bothered by the way Jennifer Love Hewitt looks in this movie. And so that kind of carries over to my opinion of her portrayal of Amanda. Yeah. But during this whole monologue, like, I mean, she's fine. Yeah. But like compared to Denise and Kenny Mm. and all of the smaller characters, like Girl Whose Party It Is, I'm like, you're just... I mean, you're there. And like, she didn't have a ton to work with. She wasn't a character the way the others are. But like, I don't know. It was just very, I'm not impressed with
1: her. Because like, I would say, oftentimes the main character is boring. But in this, the four main characters are Mike and Kenny and William and Preston. And at least two of those people are not boring. So like... Yeah. And then I would say, oh, it's because she's a character in Preston's story. But then Denise is, too. So... True, but
0: Denise has to be the foil to Preston. She has to be deadpan where he is intense and earnest. So... Yeah. I don't know. I, I think you're right, though. I think that Preston is not going to pine after some girl who has a big personality right because the only because the only thing he knows about her is wow she sure is pretty which is a good segue
1: she says nobody knows me as anything else other than mike's girlfriend i don't think i know me as anything else which is again good last line if she was dookie housering yeah. this it would be perfect but uh, yeah. unfortunately she's... Or, or carrie Bradshawing, sure, this. it made me wonder yeah um, yeah. yeah, but instead she's Cousin running it, which is the worst way to do it. Uh-huh. Um, never Cousin Ron. I was gonna ask you, and then because B-Brain, you got there on your own before I asked you, mm-hmm. or maybe you were saying the opposite, or maybe you were answering this ahead of time. Do you think that Preston would have wanted to date Amanda? Like if he had actually gotten to know her? Well, no, like in real life, outside of rom-com world. Oh,
0: would a Preston want to date an Amanda? Yeah.
1: And I mean, you know how I feel about generalizations. They're always bad. But sure. Yeah. I just feel like his character up until the Amanda barrier is snobby, pretentious, uh-huh. intellectual, yep. judgy.
0: <laughs> yes. And I, yeah. And I feel like the minute Amanda starts dating Mike, that would have had him be like, oh, that's the type of guy she's into. Right. <sighs> Clearly she's not who I thought she was. Yeah.
1: One of the problems with this movie is that we have to do a lot of imaginative legwork to get to the place of this is not ridiculous. Like his his right. affection for her is not ridiculous, which is funny because at the beginning, I think they start us off with, I think one of the prestige magic tricks that they do in this movie is say, he fell in love with her when she had the same Pop-Tart as him. Mm-hmm. Now remember that. Same Pop-Tart. That's it. Same Pop-Tart. Same Pop-Tart. The love makes sense. And it's, and like, you know, they reveal that they pull off the, the silk at the end of the movie. And it's like, the love makes sense. And it's blah, blah, blah like, and you're like, yeah. oh, he's pining after her. it's true love. And you forget that it's just a, I mean, it's same Pop-Tart. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. It's been so long since I've watched the movie that I don't remember. So refresh my memory. At the end, does she realize that she knows who he is? No. No. Okay. Because what I was thinking while we were ha- like as we've been having this conversation, I'm thinking because you said we have to do a lot of imaginative legwork. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well maybe they had a bunch of classes together right. and maybe he has seen her in class and she's made really insightful points and he, you know, initially he was like, "Oh, pretty girl and we have the same pop tart. I'm a 14-year-old boy. That's, That's enough. enough for exactly. me to decide." Exactly. That's enough. <laughs> and then over the next 4 years, he's like Wow, she's so pretty, and she likes Pop-Tarts, and she's smart, right? and she's really good at biology, right. and she made the best point I have ever heard about Julius Caesar, and, and, right. and...
1: She likes Doctor Who, she likes Oscar Wilde. Right, Yeah.
0: but then you would expect when she sees him later, I mean, you know, spoilers, but eventually they do have a conversation...
1: Well, they they eventually have a couple of conversations, but...
0: Well, yeah, but like you'd think that, you know, when when he finally reveals to her the way he feels, yeah. you would think that if they had had all these classes together to the point where he actually got to see who she is, even as she has forgotten who she is, you'd think she'd be like, oh, it's you from sophomore English and, right. and biology and... Right.
1: Which begs the question, she never learned his name? like.
0: Well, so that makes me wonder, is the only class they ever had together freshman homeroom? Yeah. Where she literally hasn't no know- I mean, there, like, there were definitely people in our graduating class of, what, almost 400? Yeah. Whose names I didn't know and who walked across the stage of graduation. And I'm like, I have never seen that person before in my life. Right. Why are they here? Right. How How is it possible that we have gone to school together for four years and I have no idea who this person is? But I, I feel like those, the people who I genuinely did not know who they were, it was because we had never had any class together. Right. Our names were at opposite ends of the alphabet. So we were never in a homeroom, like an alphabetical homeroom together. We had wildly different interests where I took a lot of like fine arts electives and maybe they took a lot of more like you know, tech ed type hands-on electives. Sure. And maybe I took French, they took Latin. Right. You know, I was in like honors English, maybe they were in like normal English. So, but you, you would think still that Amanda would, like if Preston is as smart as he is and on the swim team and on like the lit mag and does, I mean, it's not like he's a Denise who does no extracurriculars. Right. And seems to be smart enough, but not like makes an effort not to stand out. You would think that with everything that's on his little yearbook cheat sheet at the beginning of the movie, that she would at least be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, everybody knows who Preston
1: is. Right. And I mean, she finds out that everyone knows.
0: Yeah, exactly. Everyone else knows who Preston is. So how is it that Amanda seems to not know anyone at this school aside from her second cousin, Ron? the three girls who are dating her ex-boyfriend's best friends and said ex-boyfriend and best friends yeah like it really seems from this movie like amanda knows who roughly nine people at the school are
1: right yeah like i'm looking at the at the um their yearbook photos cuz i wanted to i wanted to like confirm and see if there was any crossover she was cheerleading and he did swimming mm-hmm. as you said now i know cheerleaders don't normally go to swimming but it's not like he was like me in high school, like right. doing Wait. no athletics at all. Like,
0: Yeah, would they not have been at like athletics award ceremonies? Or like
1: the weight room?
0: Did Yeah, did they never have PE together? Did they seriously never have a single class together? I mean, like there are people who I had PE with but never interacted with in PE because they were athletic and I was not. So we were never, like we were clearly, we may have been in the same class, but we were clearly in two different classes. Right. So like okay, all you people who are good at sports, you go over here and actually do PE. You people like Aaron who are going to take seventeen minutes to walk your mile, yeah. You go over here and stretch on these mats, right? Like it baffles me that they managed to go through four years of school together with her not knowing who he was.
1: I can believe his unspoken perma crush. I can believe it. Yeah. I can believe she went through four years of high school because she got swept up by Mike Dexter on the first day and she just was in the cone of silence, the Mike Dexter cone of silence for four years. I can't believe they are the same universe though.
0: Right now. Is it possible if she was a cheerleader and homecoming queen and prom queen, I mean, she obviously has some visibility where like maybe he would go to He probably had friends in band so maybe he would go to football games to support his friends in the marching band, and so he would see her cheering. So it's not like it was just that one moment in freshman year when they had a class together for 10 minutes every morning. So he would have he would constantly, between her being Mike's girlfriend and being a cheerleader and being popular, she would constantly be visible to him right. in a way that he might not be to her. But it still seems like... He. It seems like he would be making an effort to put himself in places where he would be able to see her. Therefore, she should recognize him as, "Oh, it's that guy. I see him all over the place." What is his name? Right. And somebody's like, "That's Preston." Right. And she's like, "Oh, great. Now, now I can go into the second half of sophomore year knowing the name of this guy who seems to be just everywhere."
1: I feel like I feel like the same feelings that we see going off with cousin Ron for her. Mm-hmm. And we established this earlier in the week. Would be going off with Preston, and Preston doesn't even have the in of family, yeah, to give him any sort of whatever. I feel like she would be like, "Hey, weirdo, stop following me." Like, so again, first semester of sophomore year. Like, true. Like if he was just quiet, nobody, Preston, or and he, but see, he wasn't. They're they're telling two stories here. Because Preston, everyone knows who he is. We're going to see that in, yeah. in a couple of minutes. They're you only know, like 20 minutes or something. Yeah. So he wasn't nobody. Exactly. And she wasn't nobody. He is serious. And like, maybe it's just my own personality and my own ego and whatever. Well, my own ego is saying, I don't, I, I don't want to generally date someone who has never given me the time of day. Because giving sure. me the time of day is generally what makes me want to date someone. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Attention is your
2: love language, I mean. <laughs> exactly.
1: So like, but also, I can't imagine going four years in the wake of someone that I was in love with because of their pastry selection and not saying anything to them. I can't imagine. But maybe that's yeah. just how I operate, which is I will make jokes. I will bring them into conversations. Mm-hmm. I will... Whatever, I, you, you you don't stalk them like Cousin Ron, but you get close to them and interact with them because otherwise, what are you doing? You're being Preston, like- Right, well, uh. which makes me
0: wonder. So if that fr- that freshman homeroom was the only class that they ever had together. Yeah. Together? Together. What am I- Together. together. <laughs> was the, yeah. <laughs> Is it possible that he- he was like, oh, she's really pretty. She sits next to me in a homeroom. She likes strawberry Pop-Tarts and he had a crush. And then as she gained popularity by dating Mike and being the popular girl and he went to the football games to support his buddy and band and he just kept seeing her, the crush kind of intensified, but they were never in a position where he could engage with her. Because surely by the time he got to a point where it was just not like, hey, you also like strawberry Pop-Tarts? Yeah. She had probably switched seats with somebody so that she was sitting next to Mike and she wasn't next to him anymore. And then, you know, he goes to the football games and she's cheerleading, so he can't just, like, go talk to her while she's cheering. And it's possible that, like, this attraction and crush, he built it up so much. I mean, if he was never in a position where he could engage her and talk to her, but he kept putting himself in positions where he was within a relative physical proximity to her. It yeah. would almost be like when you ship two characters in a movie yeah. and you write fan fiction about it, but he was like writing like mental fan fiction about the two of them. And so his crush just kept intensifying, and he created this whole elaborate thing in his head where they had a connection that they didn't really have... Which makes him sound like a psychopath.
1: You were describing Mark David Chapman's relationship with John Lennon before he shot him. You are using the exact words. He is forming a relationship in his head. He is putting himself in proximity but never talking to him. All of those are what a psychopath... Yeah, exactly. He sounds like a psychopath. Yeah. This is a dangerous movie... (laughs) Huh. <laughs> this movie we're covering that we're 39 minutes into is a, mm-hmm. is a dangerous movie in terms of rom-coms because it tells the shy, artsy, creative, like, you know, intellectuals, you can get the hottest girl in school just by being heartfelt. Right. You don't have to have any other rea- interactions with her. You can make a grand gesture with no other groundwork laid other than her having... Well, we'll see. But like, other than like one or two other interactions where she, you know, you're the kid that knocked over the candlesticks next to her and and had that funny interaction near her, you can get her with no other work. And I think that's very dangerous.
0: Right. I had forgotten about the candlesticks. Yeah. If she knew who he was, if they had classes together that she would have recognized him from, then when that happened, she would have been like... Oh hey, didn't didn't weren't you in my language lab? <laughs> <laughs> Rather than just <laughs> that guy kicked a candlestick, right? Like, yeah, no, it, it 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 is. It's kind of dangerous. And the thing is, he also caught her at a very vulnerable time, where the only thing she had known for four years, not just my uh, her relationship with Mike, but her friendships with all of the people she'd been friends with, high school, like everything about her life was changing literally in a moment. Yeah. Like the day she graduated high school was also the day that her boyfriend of four years dumped her. Everyone at school suddenly pitied her instead of wanting to be her right. and assumed there must be something wrong with her for Mike to dump her. Right. All of her friends, she realized, weren't really her friends. Like, yeah, somebody send you know, you're in that space and you're in a moment of, I don't even know who, like, she doesn't seem like she's having, like, a mental health crisis, but she is having an identity crisis. Absolutely, absolutely. And someone comes to you and says, you are the, like, with a letter that says, my heart stops when I see you. You've been the one constant in my life for four years has been my appreciation for you. And... What else does, it, it, well, tomorrow we can talk more about exactly what he says in his little monologue, but, like, I mean, I can see how a, a, an 18-year-old girl who has only ever known one, for lack of a better term, one life. Yeah. One kind of, like, one way to be. Yeah. Everything is changing at the drop of a hat?
1: It, this makes me think of, of Roy and Pam and Jim from The Office. Because sure. it's an, like a Neanderthal thing, which is mean to both Roy and Peter Facinelli, but their characters are basically Neanderthals. Yeah. And these sort of sensitive women who are very pretty and sensitive, funny, well, s- funny in Jim's case and intellectual in Preston's case, I guess. I guess he's funny. hmm Charming. They're charming. Sure, they're charming. But the difference is that Jim and Pam have interactions. They spend Mm -hmm. time together. They have adventures together. They have... She knows what his name is. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. You spend all of the office wanting Jim and Pam to get together because every time you see them on screen, the chemistry is palpable. Right. You watch this movie and frankly, I don't care. Like, I want... I want Kenny.
1: Right. I want Kenny's
0: story. I'm interested in William. I don't care about Preston and Amanda.
1: Right. And that is the boring main character thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As a relationship and as main characters, like, I just, they don't add anything. Like, I realize that they are the driving, in theory, the driving force behind this movie, but I just don't
1: care about them. I, I think the only way that I can justify the feelings that I get of, like, this makes no sense. He's uh, he's as bad, if not worse, than co well, he's as bad in a different way than cousin Ron, but they're sure. very, they're in the same box. Is that she is also a huge romantic, you know, heart on her sleeve sort of like, I want a big whatever, I want someone to, you know, say that his heart's well, you know, basically I want what yeah. Preston said in his letter. And that's not based on Preston overhearing that that's what she wants, like a Shakespeare play, and then putting it right. into a letter, and then that's what he says. And it's like, oh, wow, that's blah, 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 He says that independently of knowing that she also wants that. But that is so lucky. Yeah. Like, it's not a good, and not that rom-coms have to be instruction for how to do dating or whatever, but in my case, it it absolutely was.
0: Yeah. Like, well, yeah, when you're when you're a teenager and you're watching a romantic comedy, yeah, especially one about other teenagers, yeah. Yeah, you're looking to this to be like what, you know, how do I flirt?
2: Yeah.
0: How what kinds of funny quips can I do to, you know, like how do I want to model my very malleable teenage personality? And you're going to look to the media that you consume for that. Yes. And I mean, I do think that at least this movie does a good job of making both Amanda and Preston bland enough (laughs) that you're not. Most people are not going to try to model themselves after those two characters.
1: Right. I think that I saw Preston and I saw I picked out. It's funny. I picked out what I wanted to be from Preston and Mark from Empire Records and I mm-hmm. tied them together in a bow and that was my Ethan Embry influence in my personality. Like yes. be in, be an intellectual, ha- be well read, be well spoken and also giggle and run around and jump on things. Do both yes. of those things and that's better cuz then you're at least interesting. Yeah. Too. <laughs> like yeah. how how boring would it be if you if if all you have is hey listener if this is you you're, I'm sure you're great, but if all you have is the books you've read and the thoughts you've thought about the important works of dead white British guys, yeah, that's boring. That's super boring. Find a personality.
0: Yeah. Like, also, hey, listener, if that's you, I guarantee there's still more to you than that because you're an actual like four-dimensional human person and not Preston. <laughs> and
1: you're listening to this podcast, which means you have more interest than people saying intelligent things. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, um. so I had just a couple of things about the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. This um, no, This, yeah, is a, I mean, this my, has been
1: a great conversation. Excellent yeah. conversation.
0: I mean, honestly, my only other note was, oh, hey, look, it's Preston. I forgot about him. Right. And I, I really kind of did. Same. Like he came Same. on screen. I'm like, oh, right. This movie's about that guy.
1: <laughs> right. And I have to imagine that it's partially the way we're watching it. Oh, absolutely. But it's also partially feeling that Amanda is in Danger Girl from the, from Ron and Kenny being just an amazing physical, or, you know, Seth Green being an amazing physical actor and all this stuff. Yeah. But I said cuts to Preston sitting by the pool in the most Empire Records-y scene of the whole movie. Yeah. It's like the director of Empire Records got called in to film this one monologue that Ethan Embry gives because... yeah. There's a bed of music playing. The pool is reflecting off of him. He's saying very cute things that, if you ignore what we've said for the entirety of this episode, are very sweet.
0: Uh (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, and this is one of my notes for tomorrow, but I wrote down, Ethan Embry has the most distinctive vocal patterns and way of speaking. Mm -hmm. That I think that's part of why this feels very Empire Records. It has a very, we mustn't dwell. Yeah. No, not today. Right. Not on Rex Manning Day. Well, like there's an, there's like, he's so earnest Yeah. that it could, it does not matter if he is saying ridiculous things, which he kind of isn't, kind of isn't, but like he could be reading the back of a soup can yeah. and the way he's saying it, you're like, yeah, that's right. Peas and carrots. Right. Ab- you, absolutely. Ethan Embry noodles.
1: <laughs> peas. <laughs> And Carrots, like, doing his little, like, like smile thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And actually, yeah.
1: that's a great scene to, from Empire Records to have, to have matched to this, because the beginning of Video Killed the Radio Star is exactly, like, the same tone as this Matthew Sweet song that is playing mm-hmm. underneath, which is called Farther Down and apparently was written for this movie. So you are getting the same feeling of earnest speech, sort of, like... Music that are that is sort of intensifying the the things that he's saying, mm-hmm. and Ethan Embry, <laughs> yeah, yes. So I, th- I guess my last note. Actually, interesting. My very last note is, it's in there. But and he smiles and and like my heart's like, oh God, that's charming. Like you know he's yeah. talking and he's like, it's not this and it's not that. I mean it's in there. But and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And I wrote. This is who I wanted to be in high school, sappy and also deep. And yeah. at the end of this conversation, I think that's a very interesting note to have taken because I think it's true, uh-huh. Yeah, but I also didn't want to be boring. Because one of the right. my big goals in life is don't be boring. Yeah. And Preston well, and is, is boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is something that, again, the way we're watching it and the way we're dissecting it, Preston is boring. When you're just watching the movie to enjoy it, he's not... Like, he doesn't stand out quite the way Kenny does, but... He's charming and sweet and he doesn't come across as boring until you stop and like really kind of break it down and think about it. But honestly, they did such a good job casting this role because if you try to pick like if I try to picture anybody else in this role, it would feel very bland, like a lot of Preston's appeal hinges on Ethan Embry's kind of puppy dog
1: charm. Yeah, it'd be be really tough to cast anyone else. I'm trying like, to think I'm trying of,
0: to even if you picture Freddie Prince Jr. Oof. It, I don't think it would work nearly as well. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be a good choice. Yeah. 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 I, I was I was I'm like trying to think like, you know, who else? Jason Biggs wouldn't be nope. nearly as nope. like I would be kind of like, eh,
1: because actually I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt works because I think he is literally Preston in actual real life. Like, I think he might be,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also with a personality. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I have one more thing to say, and that is I'm okay. starting to understand why that thing you do is so good because Ethan Embry has a very distinct voice and a very interesting speech pattern. Ditto mm-hmm. Steve Zahn. Yep. Um, Tom Everett Scott is great and has that same yep. sort of thing going on. And even Jonathan Sheck has... A, you know a speech, but like they all have four individual ways of mm-hmm. approaching a scene, and so basically that movie is just Tom Hanks being like, "All right, go." I mean, here's the lines, but like, you're all going to yeah. play this in a different way, and it, that's why it works so well. And I think that Ethan yeah. Embry is a key player in that. A TV I feel like player. you could. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I feel that's like you. My brain. Could li- I didn't mean to do. Yep. That.
0: I No. N- yeah. I mean, you did, but like without realizing <laughs> right. you had to do it. Yeah. 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 I feel like you could listen to the four of them do a podcast, mm-hmm. and within two episodes, be like, know exactly who you're like, whose voice is who.
1: Yeah. Like yeah, as long as
0: at the beginning they were like, "Hi, I'm so and so." Right. As opposed to a lot of podcasts I've listened to that don't tell you who they are at the beginning. So you're like, well, there's three people talking and they all sound the same. And I don't know which is which.
1: I I don't know. I think you might be able to tell that right away. Like,
0: I think you could tell that they are four distinct people, but without them introducing themselves, I think you might not be able to tell Yeah, if, if they were just podcasters and right. not... Like here's a podcast starring the four <laughs> dudes from Fair. that thing you do. I, a, a podcast starring the four dudes from that thing you do. I think you could tell who is who. Right.
1: That thing you pod. Uh
0: huh. That pod you do. Mm-hmm. If you just uh huh. If you just pick up a podcast and you're like, oh, I'll just listen to this random podcast with these right. four random dudes who went to high school together. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, I hear four distinct voices, but it'd be really nice if somebody would say their name. <laughs> so that I don't have to use context clues to be like, okay, well, that's the one who likes drums. Right. One day he'll tell us his name. Right. And then I'll know that it's Guy who likes drums. But yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> he so sounds like the is... character of a Can't Hardly, Wait, of Can't Hardly Wait cast, but his name uh-huh. is Guy.
0: <laughs> guy who likes drums, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I did not expect this episode to be as long as it Nor is. Nor
0: did I. And I we, do apologize that you have to, to edit have
1: this. We tend to have one episode per movie where we're like, all right, well, all of the things. And it's like about a half an hour in each time. Yeah. Because in Newsies, it was the what makes a villain mm-hmm. conversation that happened. I, I'm i pretty sure about half an hour into the movie. <laughs> so like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyways, um, would you like to do social media? Sure. So I will be quick about social
0: media because it's. this has been a long episode. Mm-hmm. So we are on Twitter as a podcast at JE underscore Minute Movies. Individually, I am at Unabashedly Aaron.
1: I am at unabashed James.
0: We are proud members of the Scavengers Network alongside a bunch of other great shows, one of which we will drop a trailer for at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for us. This episode has taken a lot more time than I thought it would and as you all know, time is honey's.
1: Go hot dogs!
2: The Scavengers Network Creator-driven.
0: Community-focused.
2: Treasured content. Hey Eli, do you want to help me make an improvised fantasy adventure podcast? Hey Ty, that sounds fun. Do we want to bring in all of our friends to play with us? Nope, just you. Okay, will I be on the whole time? Actually, no, you'll be on for three to six episodes, and then we'll bring on another guest. Okay, is one of us going to be the main character? Nope, you're all just going to be side characters in a larger story. Okay, but this podcast is going to be hard to find, right? Nope, just look up Side Character Quest on whatever podcast app you like, or just go to sidecharacterquest.com. Okay, but you promise not to kill my character, right? No promises. Uh Oh, no. (laughs)